Hold on a second. You mean to tell me that you're also sitting back with a beer? I uh, yeah, I am. Are you? Yeah, I'm kicking back with a cold one for sure. My brother, you gotta tell me the brand. <laughs> it's Thursday night, and I am cracking open a. Uh, well, I have cracked open a nice, cool can of Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Have you ever had it? Ooh, I have not. No, I'm. I I usually stay away from cans only because there's something about a bottle that really. I don't know. It makes me feel like an adult. See, I feel the same way, but uh, with cans. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you famously grew up drinking only bottled sodas, like glass bottled sodas. Right. I, I did actually drink quite quite a bit of bottled sodas, although mostly plastic, I would say, which I got to say, uh, the worst container to drink a beverage out of, right? Mm. Plastic bottle? Yeah. yeah. I remember Sobe, Sobe was usually in a glass bottle, and then one year, they just moved to plastic, and I never looked back on Sobe. I just, huh. I just left him right there in the dust. I don't think I was around. I don't think I stuck around for the, pla- the shift to the uh, plastic bottles. I, remember the, I remember, remember the glass Sobe bottles. I specifically remember the flavor that looks like Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like cotton candy or something disgusting like that. Yeah, it was it was pretty weird. They had some like very bizarre flavors. Uh anyway, this is chatting about Chucky. The uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> not not chatting about Sobe. <laughs> uh so oh, damn it, what's an S word? Socializing oh. about Sobe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Socializing about Sobe. Hell yeah. No one would listen to that. No, no, I, I definitely would not. Hey, Eric. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, give me just one second because I have some uh, my, some people entering my home right now. Yeah, no so worries. It's going to be kind of loud for just a sec. <gasps> and we're back with chatting about Chucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took is... a, we took a brief break immediately once we started. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy had to take an explosive shit. <laughs> so, uh, just so we just so we even out uh, the the beer brands here on the podcast, I'm drinking a Lagunitas IPA, that oh, that's India Pale Ale. Yeah, it's very good. I, I missed the taste of that Lagunitas, and so I went to the store and I bought myself a, a nice six pack, and I've been drinking them slow. Yeah, this Two Hearted's a, a, a freaking IPA as well. These things are, uh, they creep up on you, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, speaking of uh, things creeping up on you, this is a podcast about Chucky, uh, the Chucky films, where we discuss each installment of the Chucky franchise, one film at a time. Jeremy, we're coming in hot after the uh, release of our very first episode. How, how are you dealing with the energy? I mean, the reception has been buck wild, and I feel like I wasn't really ready to hand, handle a lot of it. Like, I wish people would just stop coming to my house. I don't know how they figured out our addresses, but I'm having the same exact problem. <laughs> yeah. The Chucky fan base is outrageous. They're all little sassy bitches, just like Chucky, and... It's hard to sort of it's hard to sort of like parse out like which ones are real people and which ones are in fact real dolls. 
Right. You know, I actually had a crazed fan uh, sneak into my house last night while I was sleeping, uh, and I had uh, I had a little Chucky doll, a little good guy doll that I that I keep around. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just to just to have around because I'm a fan. And uh, lo and behold, I saw the damn thing buried in the backyard this morning. Jesus, you must have had you must have had a Tommy. How did you know the name? Well, I mean, because the same thing happened to my doll. I bought this beautiful good guy doll. His name was Tommy. At least that's what he said. Turns out next day, I come, I come walking out. There's little tiny mud prints on my carpet that, uh, that led kidding. straight to the backyard. Jeremy, yeah. uh... I got a couple uh, before we dive in here, and we're going to be talking about Child's Play 2, uh, the 1990 uh, uh, slasher film. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, go over a couple of just like general updates. Um, Perfect. So, uh, first of all, I, I was speaking to you about this earlier. Uh, I'm not going to uh, announce any names yet, but I think we'll have uh, at least one guest coming up, hopefully, multiple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least one, but we're not going to name any names. <laughs> no names will be named, not even when they're on the uh, on the episode. Yeah, we're going to definitely like bleep out their voice. <laughs> so, yeah. It's hard it's hard. Yeah, it's like witness protection. We certainly will not be tagging them on on Twitter or anything like that. No, hell no. We're, we're not even on Twitter, are we? We are on Twitter. We're at, we're on Twitter. Oh, oh. classic setup, Jeremy. <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, you simply have to type in uh, well either the show name "Chatting About Chucky" or uh, "Chucky Rules 420" uh, is our <laughs> Twitter, and that's also our Gmail. So if you want to send us an email, uh, surprisingly, nobody has sent us an email yet. <laughs> <laughs> I would love though to get like any. Especially if anyone has any personal stories with Child's Play one or two at this point, and wants and like wants us to read them live on the air, I think yes. we could do that. We could promise that. Yeah, if you if you also wanted to record like uh, I don't know, like an audio an audio bit of you telling your story, we we would probably play that too, uh, depending yeah. if it's good, which for yeah, and funny and yeah. good and funny. Yeah. But based f- for our standards, uh, we'll pretty much play anything. <laughs> yeah, everything's good and funny up up against uh, what we're dishing out. No, and I will say too, like if you have any like insider knowledge to the Child's Play films, that would also be great. Like a story that maybe Wikipedia doesn't have on it already, or yes. like maybe maybe you were a grip on Child Seed of Chucky. <laughs> we are trying to get crew and cast on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brad Dourif is like the 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 great white whale for us. Um, but mm-hmm. we will settle for an uh, Alex Vincent. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. We will settle for the guy who played the uh, the bum who sold the mom the good guy doll in in the first. That movie. would be awesome. That is that is actually right up our alley. Honestly, um, that would be a perfect guest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, if you if you are like in uh, if you're like taking comedy classes and you're like working on a character and you want to try and like pull one over on us you could probably convince us that you played a role in a chucky movie and get on this podcast oh yeah i mean 
I and I would also love for you to pull the wool over my eyes. I mean, God, just the can, can you imagine the feeling of having a legitimate uh, a Chucky uh, star on the show? It it would just be. It would be outrageous. It would be so. Imagine, it would be so fun. Yeah. Can you imagine wool on your eyelids? That's what I want to know. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next order of business. So uh, we we talked about this uh, over text, but I believe from what it sounds like, uh, after we we cover the child's play, the Chucky movies, uh, we will be doing. Uh, a David Lynch podcast. Is that correct, Jay? Yes, we will. Lipping about Lynch. Lipping about Lynch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we all know that podcasts uh, whose titles reference another podcast uh, uh, are always successful, right? Yes, for sure. I, I hope that we also don't, yeah, start a new podcast, but it's still under chat about Chuck. It's just, <laughs> it's just episode eight is the sh- David Lynch shorts he used to make when he was young. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, we can do that. <laughs> Easier for me. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. You don't have to get another uh, a SoundCloud profile. Right. I think that yeah, I'm I'm excited to do the David Lynch stuff too because it also I think well obviously Chucky has a an expiration date of about seven episodes. Yeah. And maybe an eighth one if if we're gonna do the new movie, which I, we, I yeah there's no reason why not. We will be uh, covering the remake. Yeah, I would also like to maybe sprinkle in, and this and this is something we haven't talked off mic about, so uh-huh. this is a, an exclusive for the episode, but I would like to do some other uh, living doll content. Oh, you know, that's not a bad idea. Do you have anything yeah, so, uh, in mind? Well, I know that there's multiple episodes of the show Goosebumps that is the <laughs> the the Night of the Living Dummy, which would be which would be fun to do. I would love uh, to we could watch al- that. Yeah, we could also do the Annabelle movie. Annabelle which would be yeah, which would be fun. Dead um, Silence. Dead Silence. Don't even know what that is, but that it's good. Uh, you would recognize the cover. It's it's a little dummy. I think it's a ventriloquist dummy that's like giving like the shush finger. Yeah. Um, uh, is it is it called Puppet Master? Is that another uh, sort of Toys to Life uh, horror film? Puppet Master. I am not sure. Yeah, I'm thinking it's the one with all of those different. I, I'm thinking of one. Uh, yeah, it's called Puppet Master. It's it's like I got that one uh, d- that iconic looking doll. That's basically his head is a corkscrew oh, sort of drill. It almost like a drill bit. Oh, you're thinking of Drillbit Taylor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. And we definitely got to do Drillbit Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think that, I think that there's still going to be more to milk in this Toys to Life genre of horror uh, once we're done with Chucky. But that's, that's, that's for another day. That's for another day. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because you did. Uh, you, you mentioned the very idea of doing a David Lynch podcast on our first episode, and I kind of shrugged it off right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Just on the basis that it's been done before. And I remember right. you were like, yeah, but it would be fun. And I was thinking about <laughs> it, and I was like, well... Fuck yeah, it would be fun to like go back through everything David Lynch has ever done and like talk to you about it. So, uh, so we yeah. will be doing that uh, at some point, and uh, I don't know. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, I mean specifically for me, it would be it would be so much more 
rewarding, I think, to go... Because I haven't seen the newest season of Twin Peaks. So to Whoa. go through that, that season with you would be very... As opposed to by myself after it's already aired and no one cares anymore. <laughs> that... I'm so pumped for that because <laughs> I've seen yeah. I've seen the return uh, three times at this point. Uh, oh, great. I'm really, yeah. really, really excited uh, just to like witness someone else uh, experience that because it's it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, this is a this is a of course a Chucky podcast. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no more of this artsy fartsy uh, freaking transcendental meditation, David Lynch stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have one more piece of news. This is Chucky related. Uh, oh, great! So the other day, I well, I made a I made a life changing purchase, Jeremy. You want to guess what it is? I'm guessing you somehow found a good guy's doll. <sighs> You're close, but uh, oh, is that not it? Oh, I thought I'll for give sure that hint. was gonna be it. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Uh huh. Let's just say I'm about to be a father. <laughs> okay, I'm even far more far away from it than I was before. Let's just say I'm about to be the father of a seven DVD box set of every Chucky movie. That's oh, right, folks. I was looking man. on Amazon.com and I was trying to figure out. Uh, honestly, I was trying to. I, I was just trying to rent uh, Child's Play two, yes. and. I don't know if this is just because DVDs are like have like devalued, been devalued this much, or if it's the Chucky movies specifically. Yes. But it was twenty five bucks for like seven, all seven movies. Uh, and that's I got crazy. That's I, did a you good buy deal, them on right? DVD or, or Blu-ray? DVD, Blu-ray. I think was thirty or thirty five. Still a good deal. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this uh, this Blu-ray complete seven movie collection. And it's only thirty six bucks. I think I'm gonna have to buy this. I Dude. mean, he, here is my promise because uh, this is like the main selling point for me. Is I I believe there is commentary on every oh. uh, every movie. So what I promise is I am going to watch every Chucky movie going <laughs> forward twice. I'm going to watch it once, oh. just straight through normally and then i'm gonna watch it a second time with commentary and i'm just gonna be a walking encyclopedia of absolutely useless uh chucky knowledge man you know what in solidarity i think i'm gonna have to write this one off in my taxes and make a purchase myself this is a tax write-off i didn't even think about that it's definitely a tax (laughs) (laughs) write-off yes Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean. Also, I like the packaging. Did you get the one that has him just in the window? It's, it's like, like it's it looks like the good box. guy. Yeah, it looks like the good guy um, doll box, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and it just says Chucky on it. Uh huh. That's the one. Oh, great. Yeah, it looks it looks like a really nice box. So I think I'm gonna. I'm going to have to pick that one up myself. Yeah. So also, if you're listening out there and you want to watch these movies along with us, that's an option. And I do remember that they had one um, that was like parts. It was like Child's Play 2, 3, Bride of Chucky, and Seed of Chucky. All of those for like $6 or something. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's an option as well. Uh, Also, there's the internet. (laughs) You can figure out how how to use it. 
I mean, yeah. So like the first film, Child's Play, is on Amazon Prime, and so I was able to watch it compl- like all the way through on yeah. on that. That's and, how. But I did the second it. movie is is nowhere. So I watched it in like twelve parts on YouTube. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but you know what? It was actually very good quality. Like it streamed in huh. at seven twenty p, and um. You know, it just you just had to deal with the basically commercial break of it stopping and then reloading a new video. Oh, okay. But yeah. But it it was uh Well, it gives you yeah. some time to uh, cool down from all that tension. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I used it to definitely like, catch my breath, pet my dog, pray to my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jeremy, I, I, there was another thing that we discussed on the last episode. Um, we were kind of wondering, uh, a little bit about, about the new Chucky, specifically whether or not he's going to be CGI. Um, right. And I found out a little bit of kind of interesting information about, about the new Chucky. Uh, and I'm actually pretty relieved by this, to be honest with you. So, um, the, Child's Play Remake's Twitter account put out a video today that gives kind of a, actually like a very cool brief like uh, explanation, like behind the scenes explanation of how Chucky was was made and how he, how basically like how they did Chucky in this movie. And oh, uh, it is, he is a robot. So it's like, it's like all animatronics. They used six different animatronic dolls um, where they were able to like move everything from like his limbs to his facial expressions. Uh, while Chucky is on screen, there were three to four puppeteers controlling him at once, uh, which I thought oh. was kind of fascinating. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I found out, uh, I-, I just wanted to share that because I know on the last episode we were uh, a little bit concerned. I mean, it would have been bu- a bummer to show up to that movie and it's just like a fully CGI shitty looking Chucky. Yeah, I mean that I think that would have been obviously such a bummer, especially since we we now know in 2019 that like I feel like the world is sort of over CG and it's sort of like where we delegate a lot of like crappy like action and horror flicks live in like the CG only space now. Like I think yeah. even those Marvel movies use a lot of practical effects cuz they just we just know they look better, you know? Right. I, I just think, yeah, I, I, I think CG looks so bad all the time, to be honest with you. I never, I never ever enjoy it. There is a, I, um, I, I recently saw, there's supposed to be like a new live action Aladdin. Oh, uh, sure. Coming out. And I saw a clip from it. That's just like, so CG'd out. And it's yeah. and I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, like Will Smith is in there. Uh, like I can tell that that's Will Smith, but everything looks like a cartoon. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the point of? What is the point of doing these live action? I guess this is another topic, but the like, uh, like all these like live action versions of animated movies is driving me insane. Yeah, I mean, it's Disney specifically that is the biggest offenders of this sort of uh, eyeball crime which yes. is like yeah. which is like we're gonna make alice in wonderland we're gonna remake uh willy wonka we're gonna remake dumbo and but 
we're, they're still going to essentially be cartoons with like living people elements to them, but they end up they're They're just every single time they're trash. Like every time they're not, not a good one in the bunch really like a uh, uh, one that I, someone has personally recommended to me or the internet has recommended to me, if that makes sense. Like, um, which is weird because Disney also owns like Star Wars and Marvel and those movies actually like them or not, they actually do look good. Like they look like, like Star Wars. I know like mixes CG with practical actual puppets and animatronics. So mm. there's a little bit less of that uncanny Valley fatigue yeah. where you're like, you're like, Oh yeah, that, that, that all, this all, everything on screen right now looks pretty real. But then like you watch, like you like you said uh aladdin or dumbo or one of these like live action remakes and it's like everything looks fake like every single Mm -hmm. part of it looks fake even when the live actors are there they somehow look fake because i believe they're also being digitally enhanced and altered and like oh jasmine's eyebrows weren't great in this shot we can just digitally go in there and enhance those you know what i mean right they're spending more money than ever to make things look worse, basically. I I think there's something to that. And I mean, like, this is obviously like a, a thing people complain about a lot, especially the older people who were just like, why can't we, uh, why can't we have Jurassic Park again? <laughs> but with real dinosaurs, you know, like, like the actual, the actual puppets, right? Like, well, yeah. where's, where's the, where's the Muppet people? Where's the, where's Frank Oz uh, I mean, doing Yoda? It just seems like less of an art form to me to 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 like kind of go in and and digitally, uh, uh, like now that now that everyone knows that we have the ability to make anything appear on screen digitally, nobody's impressed by it. Whereas For back sure. back when like even back when you know like Child's Play two came out, uh, I'm sure people were probably like very impressed with. Um, w- uh, uh, like Chuck, just like the way that like Chucky's mouth was moving and stuff like that. Like that's all practical stuff. And I and I would argue that I'm still impressed by it. Like when I when I watched Child's Play two, I was also very impressed with seeing a live puppet on screen, actually talking and kicking his feet and mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like it was it's a blast to watch real stuff on screen. We're not really saying we're not really like groundbreaking, <laughs> like saying anything no, not really. any, anyone hasn't said before. But I think we're, I think the point of this is just we're a big fan of practical effects, and 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 these child's play movies are chock full. Yeah, of practical. I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, anyone who is just uh, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen this movie, or and hopefully maybe even like just watched. God, it. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I mean, you can't you can't come out of this movie. You can't watch this movie the same way that you watch a 2019 movie because it's if this was done in 2019, it it, it would be all CG and 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 it would look so much different. Um, so one more uh, one more thing that I wanted to get to about the new Child's Play remake is uh, so I know that you were not a fan of the Haitian voodoo element of the original. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that also in this iteration. Because, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But go on. Um, so that is not that that is not the reason that Chucky. Uh, is the way he is in in, in the oh. remake. They actually they actually came up with a totally different justification, and I don't know. 
uh, too many details, but it seems like from what I've been hearing and reading uh, is that Chucky is a smart doll. And basically, uh, the setup is he is kind of AI gone wrong. Uh, How do you feel about that? Huh. Okay, I'm of two minds. Uh-huh. One, I do think it is a better justification slash premise. It's not, it's not very original, but I think True. it is better than voodoo <laughs> however voodoo is such a part of child's play that at this point i think removing the voodoo from chucky is kind of a little hard for me to swallow even even though i did complain about it in our first episode i i am sort of charmed by how bad that justification is if that makes sense yeah. like his whole motivation is to do spells and that is so funny to me for some reason like i guess what i'm saying is i'm split like it's it is it is better probably it is an easier justification and a more realistic viable i'm more more believable but i i i don't know if i like it better because i do like i'm looking at a i'm looking at a a, a 745 dollar good guy chucky doll on a website <laughs> right now and it's and literally one of the things it comes with is an exclusive chucky voodoo knife <laughs> <laughs> what does a voodoo knife look like it just looks like a knife really i mean really it, it doesn't have any it has like some some signage on it yeah. some like weird maybe vaguely uh like uh religious signs signs on it but it other than that it's just a knife but okay. i think again that just goes to show you voodoo and the element of like voodoo doll chucky's a doll he's into voodoo the character of charles lee ray uh was a voodoo man (laughs) it's just it's just it's kind of it's kind of a part of it you know um so i mean i would have preferred if they were to just taken the original premise and made it and like just just anchored it better yeah. and like just executed it better yep. i think that but that would have been a little bit tougher to do and i think they just went with an easier route which is essentially chucky is the terminator and yeah. he, and yeah. to be honest he already was the terminator in these movies <laughs> like he's are like the way that both child's play one and two function is exactly the beats of terminator but what do you think about the change um i i think it's interesting i think it's not super original um i understand it from the perspective of its uh more like from a logic point of view it makes more sense and it's also more of a modern explanation um that i think more people will be able to relate to than haitian voodoo (laughs) but uh, (laughs) i don't know that way yeah (laughs) that is like the whole that's the whole I, I I mean the Haitian voodoo element of it and like having to like transfer his soul or whatever, like right. the, that whole thing is like the premise of most of these movies, if not all of them. Uh, so they're clearly, if they are planning on doing more, they're clearly planning on doing like completely new, uh, new sequels, which I, I would be open to, to seeing, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not yeah. super pumped about it. 
I just um, is there a teaser out? I, I feel like a like a noob even asking, but is there anything <laughs> out about this? Yeah, there's like a trailer and uh, okay, uh, 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 that video. They've been posting some good videos on the Twitter, little like Perfect. two minute videos, like behind is the, the scenes tone- stuff. Is the tone of it like? Does it seem like they're going like dark? Like this is this is Child's Play's like Dark Knight? Are they trying to go like real and gritty, or are they leaning into some of the campy, tongue-in-cheek elements of this? Uh, it doesn't seem super campy. It seems more like just a, a flat-out horror movie. Um, gotcha. it, it's kind of hard. That's like the tone that I'm gathering from every, like all the promotional materials I've seen, except for that poster, which I thought was awesome. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll, I don't know. I, I, I don't have high hopes for it, but I am very excited for it. Uh, oh yeah. I think I'm in the same boat where I, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait for it to come out. And also I'm just, I'm just expecting it to be trash. <laughs> right. I, I mean, you can't, you can't, I don't think you can like honestly, uh, expect it to be, uh, on the level of like it or something. Like I thought it part one was great. Uh, was like I actually liked that a lot too. Yeah, yeah, I liked it too. I mean, maybe it will be on that level. I, I mean, I hope that it is, but uh, I'm just trying to, you yeah. know, be realistic. My main, my the the main thing that kind of annoys me about uh, doing the whole AI thing is uh, there's something kind of uh, lame and like sacrilege about. Um, remaking like remaking someone someone else's movie is one thing but then to just kind of like change it in a way where you think that what you're doing is improving it is 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 annoying to me like uh, I know that a lot of people liked this but um, what was that movie that just came out that remake last year uh, that was of a like Fuck! What was it? It was like a it was like a like a European horror movie um, from the eighties. Oh, do you know? What oh, I'm talking Suspiria. About? Yeah, Suspiria. We're like Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people liked the remake of it. Um, mm-hmm. I was annoyed with it because I was like, "Well, this guy is like, uh, it, sure, it, it looks great and like the performances are great and there's a lot of cool ideas in it." Uh, the third act is fucking bonkers and weird, but um, there was something about it where it was just like, this guy, like this guy, it had the, it had the vibe of like someone is trying to make this thing that was already good better. Does that make sense? And that's, and that's, yeah. And that's not a good look. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think, it's just the the changing it from voodoo to ai is not a choice i would have made and i but it's like one of those choices where you can see executives in a room right like like even if that's not how this decision got made you can just picture it happening where they're like voodoo magic no 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 no. make him a robot he's a robot all right moving on (laughs) you know like i mean it's like yeah ai also is like kind of less personal yeah. I mean, and, and we'll see how they do it, how they execute that idea. But it seems like it's going to take a less personal approach because him wanting Andy 
for sole purposes, you know, to like jump yeah. into his body made it where Chucky can kind of chase him around for a few movies. Exactly. You know, like why would, I guess we'll find out, but it'd be like, why is this AI? Why does it care about Andy? You know, I think we'll find, we'll probably find out. Right. They'll probably have a reason, yeah. but, but you know, interestingly enough, it may turn out that a, a voodoo curse is, more believable in the long run than AI. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You might have to do actually more more work there to justify why it cares about this kid and why doesn't it just care about like world domination. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh so that's that's all I got for the new uh the new child's play. Um so we're gonna go like we did in the first episode, we're gonna go through uh kind of plot point by plot point for uh yeah! child's play two. Um, before we dive into that, I just wanted to set the the cultural scene uh, as I did in episode one. Uh, perfect, perfect. Not much time has gone by. That's what I like. <laughs> two years. Two well, two, two years. years since uh, Child's Play one, and one week right. since uh, Chatting About Chucky episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So the year was nineteen ninety. Jeremy. Uh, what were you like three you were three right at this point i was three i was three years old when this movie came out um i i i, I think i have memories probably in 1990 i'm living in los angeles at the times so, uh like carson city oh area. really yeah i didn't know that yeah 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 i was born and i lived here till i was about 11 before i moved to texas uh, but I, yeah, I was, I was probably, uh, playing my super Nintendo. I think my parents would have just gotten a super Nintendo nice. and that was big. That was a big, uh, moment for me. And I would have been going at this point, I would have been going to uh, blockbuster videos or I guess uh warehouse video was where we, where we would actually rent games and, and movies. And I'd be walking all around those stores and, uh, I probably, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have been in 1990 but it would definitely have been in 91 when i would get my first taste of the child's play 2 uh box art yes vhs box art yeah (laughs) yeah you you mentioned this on our last episode the uh uh the the cover the vhs cover of child's play 2 if you have not seen the child's play 2 cover it's basically chucky is holding uh a big pair of scissors and he's the blades are like around the neck of a, of a, of a Jack in the box. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very creepy. Like the colors and everything. Chucky's face is all red. He's got these big, like art school, uh, uh, scissors. I don't throw this word around a lot, but dare I say, is this VHS cover iconic? I would consider this to be iconic for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I, this is definitely when you merely described it to me, uh, last week, I, I remembered it from childhood, basically from seeing it like you saw it in the, uh, the horror movie section of a blockbuster. Yeah. I mean the, the, the face that the Jack in the box is making also is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the Jack in Bo- Jack in the box not has also become sentient in a way in this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> situation. Yeah. And I don't know if you can make out the uh, the the tagline at the top of the box, but it says, uh, "Sorry, Jack." Dot dot dot. <laughs> Chucky's back. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Which is such a cheeky ass Chucky line. 
I could see him saying it in the movie. It's it's quite good. It's quite a good box cover. I agree. I I love it. Um, I I long for the times when the cover of a of a movie even matters. Um, yeah, because I don't know. It kind of doesn't anymore. Uh, no, but this was a formative time because I think I mean like VHS is like t- like growing and renting a movie was not brand new, but it was still a novel concept. Like mm-hmm. it was so fun to like see what had released you know, new at your local video store. And I mean, I just, re- I'll, I'll never forget wandering around those aisles, like looking at all kinds of weird box art that like later I would find out the movies were just like either a bad, but their box art looked cool yeah. and I wanted to watch them or they were like just so misrepresenting what the movie w- was actually, you know? Right. Like uh, like toys was a movie with Robin Williams in it, oh, and that one and like looked scary to me. It is kind of scary. I think he's sort of like an insane person, but like to me, I had just seen like uh, you know Hook and uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, and so I was like, "Let's watch this." And my parents were like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at '90s uh, '90s VHS covers right now. Um, oh hell yeah! Yeah, so the year was 1990. I was born at this point. I was born in uh, January of '89. Um, oh, cool! So you were actually two, or no, you were one, was, about to be two. You're about yeah. to be two. Well, when when Child's Play two came out, I was uh, two technically, but I think. Or wait, when you're born, you're zero years old, I guess, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. If that I, is so good. If yeah. I ever have a, a child uh, and they are, they're not one yet, and people ask how old they are, I'm going to say zero. Zero, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't give them a month. Say zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah. So uh, as we remember, George H.W. Bush was elected uh, president uh, Thank the, God. The night, <laughs> the night before uh, *Child's Play* one premiered, uh, Mariah Carey's debut album dropped. That's a little fun. A little bit of fun. That is trivia. cool, man. That is that is uh, a lot longer ago than I th- would have thought. Right? Yeah. For Mariah she, Carey, she's like yeah. still around, kind of. Well, and just like I remember her being on like TRL when I was watching TRL in like the early 2000s. So, I mean, that, that, then her, she's already a decade into her career at that point. That's wild. Yeah. I think she started, uh, when she was young, she was probably like a teenager or something when she, when that first album came out. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Very, yeah. That's right. I forgot you can work kids when they're yeah. <laughs> in entertainment when they're very young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey man, just like Mister 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 Alex Vincent. Thank God, just you like can Alex work Vincent. Kids when they're yep. young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if instead of Alex Vincent, it was just like a forty-year-old guy or Mariah Carey? Or Mariah Either Carey. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the average monthly rent was four hundred and sixty-five dollars. Jesus. <laughs> gas gas cost uh one thirty-four a gallon. Um the Hubble Space Gosh. Telescope sent its first photographs from space. 
Uh, on November wow. 21st, uh, the Super Nintendo was released. So, uh, what a Christmas. Hell yeah. Um, the most complete skeleton of a... T- <laughs> I think I found like too many useless facts for this one. But <laughs> 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 the most complete skeleton of a T-Rex was found in South Dakota. Oh, uh, Eric, we might have to edit that out because I don't believe in dinosaurs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great Britain experienced a giant heat wave and the highest recorded temperatures in British history. Uh, that's for all the UK listeners out there. Um, Shout out. I would love to know the demographics of, <laughs> of our audience, to be honest with you. Me too. Yeah, because I bet it's like a lot of like new horror millennials, but also like some dudes and men and women in their 40s who enjoyed the series growing up yeah and are like like comedy friends and acquaintances who like listen to an episode (laughs) that they can like be polite and say like oh yeah i heard that one episode where you guys yeah i also i also forgot yeah friends and family (laughs) (laughs) yeah hearing hearing me just be a jackass on microphone (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the top tv shows of 1990 were cheers Seinfeld. The Simpsons was around at this point. Uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, Roseanne, Full House. And uh, this is exciting. This will not be the first time the show is mentioned on this podcast, as we will find out, but Twin Peaks premiered in April of 1990. Oh, badass. Yeah, this is a good good year for weird, uh, like, content. (laughs) It's a great year. Yeah, wait till you hear these, uh, these movies. So, Goodfellas... Uh, Pretty Woman, Total Recall, Edward Scissorhands, Dances with Wolves, Home Alone, Kindergarten Cop, Misery, which we remember Stephen King wrote uh, uh, the novel Misery in 88, right? Um, which I mentioned last, last uh, episode. So kind of an interesting turnaround on... It's just like straight book to movie. Like there's no, uh, there's like no gap in time is weird um yeah that's interesting that teenage mutant ninja turtles movie you were you were talking about uh last episode tremors and gremlins 2 oh my god yeah oh wait gremlins uh, 2 was 1990 gremlins 2 yeah that's awesome also uh wild at heart came out in 1990 so it was like a huge year for uh for the Lynch, for Lynch. yeah, for the Lynch man, exactly. Yeah, dude, uh, Lynch man had two oh, man. Wild at heart, man. Once we get into lipping with Lynch, we have a, we're gonna talk a lot about Wild because that is a movie that I am so interested in. Slash, it's such a weird film in his repertoire, so to speak. Like that was one. It's one that does. Yeah, that was one that that uh, it it took me a while. I had seen most of his other stuff before I watched Wild at Heart, and uh, yeah, it blew me away. It's cra- it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we're gonna yeah. be doing a whole a whole episode on that movie for sure. Um, so Jeremy, that's that's a little bit of the uh, cultural landscape, so to speak, in the year nineteen ninety. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on uh, nineteen ninety? No, I mean, like, it's really bringing me back. I mean, this was a good time for everything. Like, I feel like this was a really great time for TV, video games, uh, music, movies. Like, we're in the 90s now. We're in the 90s proper, and that's 
the space I really like to live. I mean, I, I, I am a bit of a nostalgia guy and I'm also a bit of like a nine. Like I, I, I do like the nineties and I do like really enjoy the stuff that came out then. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess you can call me a bit of a, a bit of a nineties uh, connoisseur. And I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited that we're going to spend at least a couple more films in the nineties before we exactly. get into my second favorite decade. The, the odds, the, <laughs> the, the the least appealing name of a decade by far, right? Uh, but, it, but yeah, but it one also, of my favorites but, too. Yeah, it's. It, I'm glad you feel that way because it's also it was a very good, a very good decade. I think. Yeah, great decade, great Cade. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think we Cade. have. I think we have three Chucky movies to look forward to in the '90s. No, perhaps four, at, at least mm. three. Um, But yeah, so that is uh, the year 1990. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back and we'll go through, uh, we will go through all of the movie Titanic. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's 10 years later. We've waited 10 years to, uh, (laughs) we took a 10 year break is what we did. Yeah, I feel old, but good. Yeah, I I feel younger, weirdly. Well, that's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, folks, we uh, what did we take? Like a t- like three minutes. It I was grabbed- three minutes. It was, an, it was enough time for me to buy the whole Chucky box set on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was hoping you were going to do over the break. I'm so glad that you were on board with also getting it. Uh, I literally yeah. did that just now. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you've been watching these movies. Well, the fir- again, yeah. I mean, the first one was streaming, but then the second one was on YouTube, and it's just it, it was fine, but it wasn't optimal. And once you said commentary, I immediately was like, "Oh yeah, that's how I got to do it." Exactly. So if you're listening I, to I, this, I, I want to know like the stories on set and stuff. I want to know like what happened. Yeah. I want the anecdotes. I want. I I just want to hear. I want to hear like. Uh, I don't know who's gonna be. Uh, involved in this, but I want to hear like a Don Mancini or a John Laffia uh, giving me uh, <laughs> giving me some little tidbits. You know, drop me some bits. Uh, yeah, tell me what was going on. You know, every, every the director, the producer, and the writer they all have names <laughs> that uh, I imagine they're like blue collar dock workers from The Wire <laughs> season two. So Don Mancini's like, hey. I don't know. I just write about a doll. They pay me. <laughs> Don Mancini does have like a mob boss. Uh, they all do. John Lafia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But what I really want to know is I want to know what Chucky was like on set. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one second here. Okay. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, just going to kind of give you a little bit of an overview of the film. So it was written by Don Mancini, who we all know wrote the uh, first Child's Play. Right. Um, and for this movie, he he did not have any... Uh, there weren't any other hands on the script, really. I mean, besides the usual, like, director fiddling with the script and producers and stuff. But, but he is credited as the sole uh, writer of the Chucky movies. And... Uh, something to get kind of psyched for is he, he, he directed three of the later Chucky movies, which, Oh, um, oh that makes me so excited. <laughs> are three very fun ones. Cause we remember in the first episode, right? He had some kind of like insane ideas for 
Chucky, for example, uh, in the original script, he wanted Chucky to bleed real blood. And at mm. one point, uh, uh, have like a blood like like a bl- do like a blood oath with Andy or something along those lines where he like mixes his blood with Andy's very bizarre. Mhm. It's a man with a truly demented mind. Uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's twisted. <laughs> he's real. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that uh comes home at night and puts on a freaking insane clown posse MP3. <laughs> Yeah, the man is damaged, okay? <laughs> the dude watched uh, House of a Thousand Corpses one too many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think it's weird that I would like to bring this up since we're talking about sort of the just the major credits of the film, that uh-huh. in the original Child's Play, 1988, the screenplay has three different people credited. Don Mancini, John Lafia, and Tom Holland. Yeah. Director of the first film is Tom Holland. Director of the second film, John Lafia. Oh. What happened to Tom Holland? <laughs> Interesting. I don't yeah. know if I got to that uh, in my research. I might have something in here. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so the director, as we mentioned, was John Lafia, L-A-F-A-I-A. Yeah. Uh, he is one of the co-writers of the first film. Uh, he directed some of the other stuff he's done is he mainly TV stuff. He directed three episodes of Babylon five, um, the Freddy's nightmares TV show, which I saw that, which piqued my interest. What was that? (laughs) What have you seen that show? Uh, uh, I have not, but I have heard of it and I think it's, uh, I think it's supposed to be obviously very bad, but I also <laughs> think that it, I, I think that it might have been a more. Gosh, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry, but I I vaguely remember it being explained to me as sort of a horror variety show. Wow, I would yeah. like to see that. Yeah, um, yeah, and then sort of in the yeah in the vein of like the Twilight Zone or Outer Lights or Tales from the Crypt. I think okay, something, something maybe like that. But if I'm wrong, I mean I did no research on this going in. <laughs> So I I did not um, mention we didn't really talk about the music in the in the last episode in part one and I think that's because the the soundtrack isn't very uh, like prevalent in the movie because um, I was trying to like pay attention to it while I was watching the movie and it's not yeah. it's not like a super score heavy film. No, it has uh, some. Do you know? Do you know the composer Bernard Herrmann? Does that ring a bell? It does not. Okay, so Bernard Herrmann basically he did like uh, the Psycho soundtrack or the score to Psycho. He did a lot of like Alfred Hitchcock, and then Scorsese used him a lot. It has sort of those vibes to me. It's like who I guess uh, Graham Revell uh, sort of was doing some lifting some sort of uh bernard herman vibes it's basically just like some plucky staccato orchestrated violin heavy strings heavy horror stuff let's see so so the music for child's play 2 was done by graham g-r-a-e-m-e ravel <laughs> i think i just called him graham <laughs> it's 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 graham i i actually looked up yeah. the pronunciation it's like gray yum uh, <laughs> that's how he spelled it out phonetically. Uh, but he was born in New Zealand, uh, which explains the weird name. Am I right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the composer for Daredevil, uh, The Crow, and Angelina Jolie's Tomb Raider. Um, and oh, okay. I just wanted to give him uh, a little mention because I, I thought the score, I thought the music was good in this one and was like... I did too, yeah. Like when I say cool. when I say Bernard Hermanish, that's like a good... That's that's good. That's right. like, uh, oh, everyone should be lifting from Bernard Herman. He's a genius, though. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Steph, Stefan Chapsky was the director of photography. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to mention him, too, because I think this movie fucking... I think it looks good. I think it's like... Yeah. Uh, I think it's like very uh, like artistically shot for, for what it is. Um, yeah. We'll get into this more later, but I definitely think that now would be a good time to bring up that I definitely feel that this movie is it's like a perfect sequel in that it's probably it's it's actually kind of like the first movie again but leveled up (laughs) so it's like it's like everything feels way better like like Chucky looks better the cinematography looks better uh the colors the just like the shot choices like Chucky or Child's Play the first movie feels a little bit like a it could like it could have been a student film. Do you remember what uh, the budget of the first one was? It's 9 million. Okay. This one was uh, 13 million, so it's a little bit Right. Long. And 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 the first movie the return was higher cuz I think it was just such a sleeper hit. Like I think Yeah. I think people weren't expecting it. But now that they kind of know what Chucky is, this movie didn't make as much money, but it still made way over what it cost. Right. Uh, which is pretty great that like with that extra $4 million, they really like had some great, uh, a great score, great cinematography. Uh huh. I mean, I think, I think just about every element of this film feels like, like uh, a child's play prime. It feels like the best, the best version of child's play one you could possibly make is actually child's play two. <laughs> okay. I, I I get what you mean. I have my feel I have a little different feelings, although I do I do I did love this movie. Um Oh, are you saying you like it less a little bit? I think I like it less than the than the first child's play. Um but we'll we'll have to go through the plot first uh before I can kind of explain my reasoning there. But uh Perfect. Yeah, the film cost uh, it had a budget of thirteen million and it grossed around uh almost thirty six million. Uh, so mm-hmm. it did pretty well still. Um, so the DP, uh, Ch- Chapsky, uh, <laughs> was a German cinematographer, and he was the cinematographer for Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, oh, Matilda, fuck. Ed Wood, and Blades of Glory. All of those movies look good, right? Like, Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, other than Blades of Glory, which <laughs> I've mean, actually never seen... Uh, I don't remember I, the cinematography from Blades of Glory, but I remember yeah. uh, loving that movie when I saw it. Yeah, I remember. I remember it being a laugh a minute. I don't remember, uh, or I remember like, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, of of parts of it that I've seen it being funny. I don't remember it being like <laughs> a Tim Burton esque, uh, quite that that like feel, which the rest of those films definitely have. In fact. Yeah. You know what? Like to combine a little bit of cinematography and score here, I I was definitely getting Batman Returns vibes a couple of times in this film. Especially when you see Chucky, you get that like sort of like almost Jack in the Box or toy like score uh, 
comes yeah. in and it reminded me a lot of like when you see the penguin or his goons or how like like in that Tim Burton film they play with sort of the score being a little bit more of like haunted circus type music right yeah yeah I I, I put these movies in here because I do think that like I think that it makes sense that he like I after watching Child's Play 2 I was like oh I could see how the guy who did the cinematography for this did uh, Matilda, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's there's some amazing tracking shots. And a lot of the action sequences in this are also very... Again, it's it's sort of like... It sort of just it feels like a leveled up version of what we kind of saw in the yeah. first film. So, the, And then that might be... We'll get to it later, but that might be why you like the film a little less. Is It does feel very iterative (laughs) yeah but but again it it is like oh this is a nicer looking version of the toy factory or this is a nicer looking version of this same house sequence but yeah i mean it's weird like uh I, i wonder about the director if he if he had if i mean he doesn't really direct anything else that we would know off the top of our heads that we could point to but it's definitely stylized in almost a Tim Burton-esque way. Like the house reminds me of Edward Scissorhand that they're in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've been, uh, I've been on sets and it's like, sometimes it feels like a lot of what you're perceiving, uh, when you're watching something, um, at least on an, on like an aesthetic level, obviously is, was like the choice of the, of the DP, um uh excellent yeah i don't know like we were we worked on a on a project we did a we did a horror short film together uh oh yeah we worked with a dp who was like who 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 was just like a pro and uh he like a lot a lot of a lot of the reason that it that it just the final product was good not even that it looked good but um just like the uh, overall feel of it i think was was uh you know, a big part in, in because of his um, kind of taste and experience and stuff like that. So I think the DP yeah. is actually like a little bit of a, a underrated or underappreciated uh, role on set. I agree. And like all of the other experiences I've had on set also confirm that. And I actually do wonder sometimes, like, w- at what level of project do you get to where the director actually does the sort of work that I imagined directors doing when I was a kid? Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, at what point do I get to that auteur director project where I, it's like the director actually does have an um, uh, amount of say? Because, like, the, pro- the other projects I've worked on, the director has had no idea how cameras even work. And so the DP has basically had to like place the actors and figure out the shot and figure out the lighting. And fi- you know what I mean? Like they just do yeah. so much where the director is just sort of like, I guess, basically working on performances. Exactly. Performance and just like general logistics and shit like that. Like that's why when I see that this guy has done uh, and I think he did a good job with this movie. But when I see that he's only done like TV stuff, uh, it's kind of it's my my feeling is, um, you know, like this guy isn't super um, seasoned in directing movies. So I think 
someone like Stefan Chapsky, the uh, Stefan, uh, the DP is probably gonna is gonna take over a lot of a lot of uh, elements of just like the filming in general. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so so I just wanted to give him a little a little bit of a mention. Um, so Child's Play Two is set two years after the first film. Uh, the plot follows. Old Charles Lee Ray, as he continues his pursuit for Andy <laughs> Barclay, uh, who was placed in foster care, and trans, and uh, Charles is trying to transfer his soul into Andy uh, after being resurrected. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. like yep. write that out correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Child's yeah. Play Two is the first installment to incorporate a campy comedic approach. Uh, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty obvious. Um, did you pick up on that when when you watch this? No, honestly, if it if the tone was if the tone did shift from the first movie to the second movie, that must have been a lot more apparent back in the late '80s, early '90s, because watching them back to back, they felt to me they felt like very similar. I mean, I guess Chucky does talk more in this film and he says bitch more (laughs) (laughs) but he but it didn't it didn't read as like that much funnier than the first film necessarily right uh yeah i think i i think i maybe like read that fact before watching it and and kind of had that in my mind but i mean i to be fair i think that the first movie is kind of campy at least by today's standards it's like super campy and um pretty funny but i think i think you put it in better words just now yeah that the the first movie also does feel campy (laughs) so it's hard to it's hard to like just i think it is of a time like you know i i think the first film was probably way more terrifying back in the day (laughs) whereas this was might have been way funnier back in 1990 and and thus you know now you like split the difference and it's like, well, they're both kind of campy and they're both kind of funny and they're both not as scary as they probably were back then. Yeah. I did have a realization that this was the movie. This was the first uh, Chucky movie I've seen. I, I told that story Interesting. on the last yeah. podcast about seeing a child's play movie at a young age at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I couldn't remember if it was two or three, but I was having, uh, I was having flashbacks, Jeremy. Yeah, that's yeah. I was uh, I, that doesn't surprise me because at the time when you were having a sleepover, I mean, Chucky too. I just I for some reason it just feels like a movie that would have been easier to get a hold of than, than Child's Play one. Right. But, yeah. Uh, it was on. Yeah. Uh, well, it was on like uh, premium cable or something like that. It was on like, oh, like Showtime premium or, or one cable. of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the film was released on November 9th, nineteen ninety. Same date as the first one, two years later. Oh, cool. Uh, the cast included uh, Alex Vincent back as Andy. Uh, we've got Brad Dourif, of course, back as the voice of Chucky. <laughs> um, Christine Elise as Kyle. Yes, yes. Uh, I loved her Who, character. I love her, too. I'm glad we agree that she's awesome. She's great. Uh, and she was yeah. also in uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and ER, mm-hmm. which yes. I could totally see that. And she comes back in a later Chucky installment, um, but she's uncredited. So I wonder if she's 
I wonder. I want. Well, I guess we'll find out when we get to that film. Hmm. What 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 her role is, or if she's just like an on on screen for a moment, or if they're just recapping old movies and. And it they could had just to be her. Uh, yeah. a photograph or something. Because I was, re- I was exactly. looking at, uh, yeah, maybe the third one. And uh, mm-hmm. Alex Vincent is credited as, uh, is Alex Vincent in the, someone, someone who's like not in the, in the, in it is uh, in a picture and they're still credited. So I don't know. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. But Jenny Aguter, A-G-U-T-T-E-R. Um, as Joanne Simpson. Uh, mm-hmm. She is apparently in The Avengers, Logan's Run, and An American Werewolf in London, which is a great film. Oh, yeah, that's a great film. Um, Garrett and Grant. She plays, she, she plays the adopted mom, the, yeah. the foster mom. Yeah. Yes, foster mom. Uh, Garrett Graham yeah. as Phil, the uh, foster father. Uh, I just put that he was in a lot of stuff I've never heard of. <laughs> um, yeah, but but I recognized him. Did actually. you? I did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re- I he's been in something I've seen. But he's been I, in a lot no. of things. But I just I didn't recognize yeah. any titles. Um, and then Jeremy, I got to say this is my favorite appearance of uh, maybe any uh, child's play movie. I mean, at least as far as the two that we've watched so far. Grace Zabrinsky as Grace Poole. Uh, this is yes. 1990. This is Twin Peaks era Grace Zabrinsky. Yeah. This is like within the year she is. Uh, so she looks pretty much the same as she does on Twin Peaks, which is kind of uh, interesting to me. And uh, yeah. I just, I love her so much. She She's such a phenomenal uh, actor. And uh, yeah, it was nice to see her. Yeah, me too. It, it was great. Uh, she is uh, excellent in everything I've ever seen. Mostly David Lynch content, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's in the Inland Empire, right? Yep. For sure. Uh, and I know she, yeah, she plays the mom in Twin Peaks. But also, there's another uh, actor in this uh, who plays the teacher in Andy's school, his foster, like when he go, when he's with his foster parents, he goes to a school. Yeah. Who is that? Well, I recognize her from a lot of stuff, but one of the big things was Donnie Darko. She plays, uh, one of the awful like parents in, in that, in that film. She's also like Dwight Schrute's, uh, babysitter (laughs) (laughs) in, in the office. Like she's like a character actress and she's just really, really good. Uh, interesting. Yeah, but like, yeah, you should, we should, you know, you should look her up because she's one of those people that like you've seen, you've seen a lot, and you probably recognize her more than you realize. Um, she's in yeah. a lot of, she's in a lot of great stuff, and she's always excellent whenever she's in. She's excellent in this film too. Yeah, I really liked her in, in this movie. I did not recognize her immediately, but um, I'll look her up. Uh, so <laughs> this, this is. Uh, this is kind of interesting. United, Ar- United Artists released the original Child's Play in 1988. Uh, and when they did that, they greenlit the second film. Okay. But uh. when the sequel was in pre-production, producer David Kirshner, uh, we, all, we all remember old Kershey, uh, he found oh, out that the Kershey. film was, uh, it was put on hold because the studio was bought by a group called Quintex. Um, <laughs> who apparently decided that they wanted to only do more like family-friendly content and not oh, no. horror movies. So, old Kershey 
went ahead and he produced Child's Play 2 independently. Um, and he used uh, Universal Distribution. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So this is a guy... Good, good for him. Good for him. He believed in the product. Exactly. This is a guy who we were talking about in episode one who um, would go on to produce uh, all of the movies. I don't know about the remake. Probably not. But um, but yeah, this guy like truly like clearly believes in in the Chucky the Chucky name. So uh, this movie wouldn't exist without him, honestly. And it's uh, yeah maybe maybe even like the entire franchise. So. Shout out! That's moment really of, cool. Moment of silence for old uh, old Kirshner out there. I'm I'm pouring one out for Kirshner as we speak. Yeah, I'm pouring my beer down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So, uh, this is very weird. Uh, I think <laughs> so. There is a there is a tie-in novelization of the film <laughs> Child's Play Two. Uh, that was written by um, Matthew J. Costello. I forgot to look up what else he's written. Um, <laughs> but basically, within the, uh, novel, uh, within the novel, he adds some plot points and scenes um, and character building. So he creates the backstory that Chucky had an absent father and an abusive mother. Um, and he also included the detail that uh, Chucky was teased a lot in school, and he also tr- strangled his mother to death. Yeah. Uh, so real dark sounding. Um, I put this out on Twitter. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of traction, so I'll say it again. <laughs> this this fucking book cost seventy five dollars on Amazon. Oh my god! If anyone a has access to this book or b wants to give us $75, <laughs> I will, if if I can somehow acqu- uh, acquire a copy of Child's Play 2, the novelization, I will read it in its entirety and report back. Um, oh my God. Wait, Eric, here's what we need to do. We need to start a Patreon with a seven, or a Kickstarter <laughs> with a $75 limit. And just as soon as we hit that goal, you buy that book and then you have to read it on the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll make an audio, an unofficial audio book for it. I'm actually writing that down because that's a funny, uh, good idea. I do 100% want to read this. Yeah. I mean, the way I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Child's Play 2 and the entry about the novelization reads so funny. It's like, it says the sentence is, Chucky is characterized to have an absent father and his abusive mother being a dwarf. <laughs> Chucky got teased a lot because of this and later strangled his mother to death. Also, Chucky was put in special classes when he was younger. <laughs> like, it couldn't, you couldn't de-heighten any funnier than that. Like, strangles his mom to death. Also, he was put in special classes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I read that exact uh, that exact description. It sounds wild. Um, I just want to know. I, I mean, I don't know. I it, like, what are you supposed to? How much of like a novelization like that? Because uh, he's obviously adding. He's adding like he's building character. Like, how is that? The stuff that he writes in that novel is that now to be taken as fact about Chucky? You know what I mean? I think it is uh, canon. 
Yeah, okay. it is canon, and I think and I think you have to read it to really understand the later the later iterations of the Child's Play series. I suppose so. So, folks, no more episodes until Jeremy and I get our hands on this book. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to the franchise. Would not be fair to the franchise, but we're putting a, a limit of one week on that <laughs> threat. So. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of trivia. Uh, Don Mancini stated that in an early draft of the script, the film was set during Christmas time. Uh, he thought that this would help explain why there were so many good guy dolls in the factory, which I don't know if that's necessary, but um, I do think that it would have been fun to see uh, to see a movie like this at Christmas time. I don't know. What do you think? I oh, absolutely. Yeah, that. I mean. Horror films, I want to watch it in Halloween and Christmas time. It, it's the best two holidays to sell, to to watch like exactly. horror films. I, I think. I, I I and I think that a lot of great horror films are take place in Christmas. Like Gremlins, yes. is a great Christmas time horror film. Uh, I know Krampus is a newer one that people really like a lot. The Thing is a great. Oh yeah, uh, it's a great a... snowy horror film. Yeah. Yep. I just rewatched The Thing. By the way, man. Oh, you did! Isn't it great? It's wild. It's a wild movie. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original script had an opening scene of a court hearing dealing with the events <laughs> of the previous film. Uh, I would have loved to see that. Are you kidding me? Like, uh, Your Honor, I would like to call Chucky to the stand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that would have been great. Yeah, he just walks up to the stand and just immediately starts calling the jury bitches. <laughs> I didn't do it, you stupid bitch. so the film opened as the number one film at the box office so this franchise is like we can see at this point why why this franchise has kind of like gone as far as it has the first two films have done have done great uh the good guy doll tommy is named after uh original child play director tom holland sure uh this is the shortest child's play movie at 84 minutes it's under an hour and a half. Can you believe that? I I, I did. I was actually surprised by that because it does seem a little bit longer, perhaps. A lot well, happens in it, though, is the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's paced out like an like your average horror film. It's it doesn't feel like anything's missing, but it's just so right. short. Um, in the 1989 season of Seinfeld, <laughs> a copy of Child's Play 2 can be spotted on the shelf in Jerry's apartment where he keeps his VHS tapes. <laughs> that was Perfect. apparently uh, notable enough to put on egg. IMDb trivia. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this I thought was kind of funny and interesting uh, and I guess unfortunate. Jenny, who played um, Joanne, the foster mother, said that this is... The worst filming experience she's ever had. <laughs> Whoa. I found no other no additional information about that, but uh that sucks. That's really interesting. That yeah, bad. that sucks. It's interesting because she's also not in it very much. So Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm wondering Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just wondering what why? Like what happened? I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe she is someone who. What else has she done? Um, maybe she's someone who just like doesn't do a lot of horror and wasn't uh, particularly into the vibe 
I don't know. Um, right. I don't know. I would, I would love to know more about that. Jenny, if you're out there, if you're listening, uh, give us a call. Uh, 1-800. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually email yeah. us. We do have an actual email address. It's Chucky 420, <laughs> Chucky rules 420 at gmail.com. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Yeah. Email us. Let us know like what, what, what gives like, what was the problem? Yeah. Put put the subject line. What gives? And, uh, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. You ready to go through this bad boy? Oh, let's do it. Hell yeah. So we start off with the Universal logo. Uh, as we remember, MGM abandoned the Child's Play franchise after movie one, after uh, 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 it incited, I guess, child violence or at least fear of child violence. Sure, yeah. A lot so, of protect the kids stuff happening in the 90s. Uh, this was the Mortal Kombat of its uh, medium. <laughs> yes, uh and chucky is kano <laughs> chucky is <laughs> that was the only character that. i could very think good. of yeah kano <laughs> so the very very first shot that we see is a shot of uh chucky's burnt eye mm-hmm. and we get this kind of like what i think is like an amazing kind of s- close-up that spins around um, and we see that someone is fixing up the Chucky doll that was just completely destroyed in, uh, the, in act three of child's play one. Uh, mm. so we're back in Chicago, uh, and during this opening, we're seeing this Chucky doll get put, put back together and a limo is driving through Chicago, arrives at a factory, the play pals company who makes, uh, the good guys. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's the opening. What did you, what did you think of just like the the opening credits? I mean, it's such a home run for me. If you're gonna do a movie about dolls, yes, get us in the factory. Show them being assembled. You know, like already get our minds working towards anthropomorphizing these lifeless dolls because that's what this film is all about. I, I I'm, in fact, I'm I think it's such a good opening to this film i am surprised that the first film didn't open that way but like it you know what i mean like it's 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 just is an obvious choice yes get us in there show them dolls being made the grotesque nature of the limbs being put (laughs) onto the bodies i loved it i i I love that we're at this factory this is where we should be in the in the first sequel of a chucky movie we should be in this in this factory scene these dolls be being made. I think it's a great justification for Chucky coming back. Um, and we get a little bit of exposition after we get out of the credits. So it's, it's set two years after the murderous doll, uh, Chucky was destroyed by the Barclays and detective Norris. Um, so Chucky is being resurrected by the play pals company to prove that there is no fault with the dolls. So, we get this kind of exposition at the beginning explaining uh, that the company has suffered due to Andy blaming uh, the murders on um, on Chucky in part right. one. So uh, I guess they are trying to like prove that Andy's crazy or whatever. They're like trying to prove that like a child was 
is out of his mind. Uh, right. Well, they, uh, well, it's see, it's see, the way I interpreted it was that it was the mom they were, they were actually at kind of at war with. Cause it seemed like the mom, like they, they, they even say at one point, the, uh, one of the, what, like the lackey to the, to the clearly who's the head honcho, like he says something to the effect of, I mean, you know, like it, it would have just been fine, but then she filed it in court. And yeah. he almost uses filing it in court as like, now it's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and uh, even yeah. though she, we know she's in an insane asylum, it still seems like they are... They, yeah, they're, they're almost now just trying to prove to the public, I guess, right, that Chucky is... <laughs> that they're just dolls. Like, it's such a weird thing for a toy company to do. Like, let's just prove what we make is just actually toys and not psychopathic murdering toys <laughs> right i mean i mean yeah. i get it like the justification works for me it is just uh yeah uh it's like a tiny bit flimsy but it's uh it also isn't in a way it, it's easy to suspend the the disbelief for this one it, what, yes it is it it is up until what happens immediately after <laughs> yeah so immediately after we get the very first kill which i'm going to describe as the most uh cartoonish live action electrocution i've ever seen in my <laughs> life <laughs> yes it's it is it is very like like i was watching like i'm watching the mask <laughs> it is a very like mask uh uh killing so he's uh so uh, what, so what's going on? So um, some guy is like working on rebuilding Chucky and he gets electrocuted by the doll. So at this point, Chucky is like electrocuting him, right? Like he, like Chucky is becoming sentient again <clears throat> and he electrocutes the guy and kills him. So yes, the CEO of the play pals company, Mr. Sullivan, uh, orders his assistant Matson uh, to cover up the accident and get rid of Chucky. Right. I also want to throw out here uh, that this is a, they answer a question for us in this uh, opening that I actually had last episode, which was, okay. what did Charles Lee Ray do? Like, what was his, oh, like, yeah. we know he was a serial killer. And the line is, uh, he kills a dozen people in a series of voodoo ritualistic killings. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's great! Yeah. I didn't even uh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, so now we know definitively that Charles Lee Ray is not just into voodoo recrea recreationally to get away from the cops. He is into voodoo like he's he kills real uh, ritualistically. <laughs> In some sort of weird uh, voodoo ritual? <laughs> the voodoo killer. The voodoo killer, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I mean, I guess... I There is a prequel to be had that's just like... Uh, just the origin of Charles Lee Ray. Like, this man is becoming yes. so fascinating to me. Uh, the yeah. more I the more I learn about him, the more I don't understand about him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So Andy, uh, we get to Andy, and he's now in foster care since the murders. Um, his mom is in a mental hospital. 
um, having been pronounced insane for supporting Andy's story about Chucky. Yeah, it's a very dark opening, actually. Um, It is, yeah. I I think, yeah. Um, And we get the scene with Grace Zabrinsky, um, who is sort of like the head of foster care uh, Mm -hmm. at this place. Um, And... Andy's uh, soon-to-be, uh, I guess, adopted uh, uh, parents, Phil and Joanne Simpson, um, are having a meeting with Grace, and she uh, it seems like she's kind of trying to, like, steer them away from adopting Andy, in a way. It was, it, it's a weird meeting, um, yeah. because she has, she's delivering exposition to remind the audience True. sort of where we're at. But in doing so, she's totally convincing these potential foster parents to not adopt Andy, which is not her job. In fact, they even say, "God, I mean, do we even have the do we even have the fucking uh, credentials to handle this?" And she's like, "Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine." But that's right after she says, "Andy blames a serial killer for the murder of all these people and his doll." Like she like makes this kid sound like a psychopath. And then it's like, don't worry about it. Just adopt him. <laughs> yeah, just adopt the guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so they end up adopting Andy. And um, I love this scene. Uh, and this is a moment. This is a moment in this movie of of uh, a handful that remind me of Halloween 3. Have you ever seen Halloween 3? I have not. No. So Halloween 3, the, basically the original idea for the Halloween movies was to do... Um, a completely different story, completely different characters for every movie. Uh, but what happened is the Michael My- Michael Myers was such a hit that they did a sequel. So Halloween oh. two is with Michael Myers, and then Halloween three is where they try the thing where it has nothing to do with the first movie or the second movie. And oh, interesting! It's basically about a toy factory. Um that is up to no good and is uh kind of like controls this like weird little town and is uh it manufactures halloween masks that on halloween they have a commercial that will play that will uh encourage the kids to put the mask on and uh well actually i don't want to spoil the ending if anyone's like not seen it before but that's kind of like the setup maybe i gave too much away <laughs> already but no 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 yeah that's great yeah but it it's revolved around this like toy this creepy toy store and we get this next scene that um is very similar to a scene in halloween 3 where a semi truck uh for the playpals company cuts off andy and his new foster parents yes uh, so this is like andy's first time out into the real world after being in foster care and he gets Mm -hmm. cut off by like a giant semi truck and almost dies that's right presumably filled with good guy dolls which is like the reason he's there in the first place yeah it's kind of a cool (laughs) cinematic trick is it like yes it's too coincidental for real life but it works in film i also uh just comedically want to throw out there that this is right when his new foster dad is asking Andy, a presumably eight to 10 year old boy, if he likes sushi. (laughs) (laughs) I did think that was a very weird, uh, a very weird thing to ask. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we're like, we're like in, it's like 1990 in Chicago. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I didn't understand <laughs> yeah. that line. It's, it Nor seemed to I. me like he was like trying to be cool or something. The character. Right. Um, <laughs> so we get to the foster home and, uh, we meet Kyle who I love this character. I was a fan of this character from the beginning. And I think it's like a very necessary character in this movie. Um, she's kind of this like classic artsy, like nineties, Judy funny type, uh, uh, teen. Yeah. Uh, who has, I think she says that she's been in like all these different foster homes at this point, And she's kind of, uh, a little bit of a, I don't know, like a troublemaker or something along those lines. A bit of a, vagrant. she's smoking right away. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't like throughout the movie, she doesn't really do anything bad besides that, no. which is interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, no, but like you can tell she just embodies that sort of troublemaker attitude, which is immediately it's like, you know, the trope, you know what they're doing. And you're like, yeah, I'm going with it. Sounds good. Like right. she's just she's she's like a little like uh, a punk teen. Right. But it's like the like if that character was done now, it, the teen would be like taking ecstasy and stuff. Whereas like oh, sure. this is very like 80s and 90s where like being a bad teen means wearing a leather beret and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, great character. So Tommy, or uh, what's his name? Andy is checking out his new room and a good guy doll falls out of the closet. Um, I thought this was interesting. I didn't... Um, I actually wasn't sure if this was Chucky right away, to be honest. I was like, is this... Chucky already? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I I uh I don't I I knew it wasn't Chucky cuz I think I think I don't know if we skipped I don't know if we skipped like does he see Chucky before Well, either way, the scene right after this is a is a is a is about to be our first like legitimate chucky kill not yeah. not electricity so yeah. i think like if you did if you did think oh is this actually chucky you that that question gets answered right away exactly yeah yes. immediately following that yeah we have we get back to the 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 uh play pals company yeah so matson is uh i don't know what his like title is but he's just like known as like the sidekick to the ceo i guess he's but, the vodka getter <laughs> <laughs> but he uh yeah so he so he goes to the to the to a corner store he he packs the chucky doll first he tries to pack the chucky doll in the trunk and it won't close <laughs> which yeah was funny and then uh he chucks the chucky doll in the back seat he's got this like car filled with toys and he drives to a mm -hmm. liquor store and yeah. uh we see him like having this very to me 90s uh argument with the cashier where he's like but that's a gold card that's as good as cash yeah and the guy's like we don't take cash we don't take <laughs> card here yeah yeah uh <laughs> so while matson is uh arguing with this cashier over his gold card uh Chucky is using his car phone, which mm -hmm. uh, is 
a little bit of a dated thing, but uh, he, he, he uses the car phone to call Grace Poole, the manager, uh, played by Grace Zabrinsky. And uh, he claims to be a relative of Andy's, and uh, he procures Andy's new address. Yeah. So what did you think of at this point in the film seeing Chucky, a doll, uh, pick up a phone and <laughs> make an entire phone call. I mean, this is, uh, I believe this is the first time in the film we actually get Chucky talking. Uh-huh. Is that right? Um, I don't think, I don't know if he talked before this moment or if he said anything or really did so. anything. I think, I mean, he does stuff vicariously through machines, but I mean, like at this point, it's the first time we heard him talk and he's on the phone. It, it's, it's always going to be charming as hell to see a little doll Chucky <laughs> operating uh, adult uh, gadgets and gizmos and being like a little adult. Like, it's funny to see this doll with a phone. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was a fan immediately of it. I I was a little taken aback by like how sentient he is already. But um, right. then I kind of I realized... I think we're still at, he's still like at that point or even further from at the end of the first movie where there's kind of that logic where he becomes more and more human. Yes. Um, so I think we're kind of starting with him being more human. Whereas like we started part one with him just being a full on doll and then he kind of transitions to being more sentient. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a little, uh, it was like a little bit jarring for me at first. Uh, and I think I might have <laughs> laughed, uh, but I did. I, I definitely liked it. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I definitely laughed. I definitely was like, I was watching this with my girl, so uh, and did she, she like it? Oh yeah, like like she she saw that I had turned it on and stopped what she was doing <laughs> in the dining room to come in and watch the full movie with Hell me. Hell yeah, dude! And she just kept saying like, "Oh my god, this is." this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like that, that was a lot of her, like, uh, like, uh, commentary on the film was just like, this is wild. Like it's just, cause it is, it's so wild to see him little, little guy on that phone. Gonna go kill that boy. It's for nuts. what reason to put his soul in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So when Matson returns, Chucky, uh, hijacks the car at gunpoint. I think he ties Matson up with a jump rope, which I thought was kind of a funny uh, specific mm-hmm. little gag, but um, he basically orders Matson to drive him to the Simpsons residence. Um, and this line made me laugh really hard at, at when uh, Matson is parking. Uh, Chucky is just like, all right, now park this piece of shit. <laughs> which uh, yeah. I thought was so funny because I don't know about like cars in 1990, but it looked like just like a normal car. <laughs> like it was just yeah. Chucky being sassy. Oh yeah. He's definitely editorializing that car. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, so Chucky and, and Chucky was using, so he was holding a gun to Matson's head and I looked this up because it looked to me like Chucky had, like a miniature gun, which didn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. Uh, so it's a squirt gun. It's it's right. one of the toys that Matson had in his car, and Chucky is using it, pretending it's a real gun. Um, right. 
So yeah, so then Chucky suffocates uh, Matson with a plastic bag. Um, <laughs> we cut to Joanne reading Hansel and Gretel to Andy. Um, I think this was uh, an interesting choice for her to like be reading to him in that um, sort of the element of like a brother and sister uh, working together to defeat uh, an evil entity i guess sure um but as i i'm pretty sure hansel and gretel has to do with like greed and uh i think greed is like the main uh theme of that story right. from what i remember and i don't know if that yeah. like 100 percent tracks with this movie but i i appreciated the reference enough yeah i mean it's it's they were trying something there i don't think it like the uh the metaphor or the analogy landed a one-to-one as well as maybe it could have but whatever i mean are you going to find a metaphor in children's literature uh that is can be related to a doll murdering a bunch of people you know (laughs) (laughs) through haitian voodoo uh, I don't know, but I know they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so Chucky uh, enters the Simpson residence and he finds Tommy, uh, who is the good guy doll from before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he beats the shit out of Tommy, destroys him. <laughs> what, how, what did you think of this? Because I thought this was so clever. Yeah, it was cool. It, it was. It, I like the definitely like digging a grave and burying the old doll in it. I I I, I did have some uh, some some. What would you call this issue? Where he was bashing the doll's face in with a glass uh, ornament. Yeah. Where I'm like that that glass ornament wouldn't have done that much damage to that doll's face. Like I was like. I don't know. Weird, weird choice of thing to break over its head to like smash that doll's head in. Yeah. Weird choice, but the ornament plays a role uh, in the plot. So, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. That I liked. Yeah. So Chucky is basically posing as Tommy, which I think, I think this is cool. I think this is like a really great uh, setup. Um, and I think we're kind of out of act one at this point or almost. Um, but Phil, uh, basically, the, Phil and uh, the foster mother, blanking on her name, they figure out, or they, they see this, like, shattered ornament. Phil grounds Andy and Kyle um, for smashing the ornament. Um, mm. So Andy and Kyle are kind of, like, just grounded and, like, bored around the house all day. Uh, right. We get this funny line from Andy when he's... Uh, when they're like doing laundry he says want to hear me say your name backwards and then he turns around and just says kyle (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was funny i actually used that on someone (laughs) recently i was like oh that's like a funny little joke that is good it's not bad at all yeah yeah um what did you think about him taking a mean puff of that cigarette (laughs) um i mean i don't think he inhaled you don't think so Nah, he didn't do it right. <laughs> That's uh, speaking of Bill Clinton, uh, going back a little Bill Clinton throwback there. Uh, never having inhaled weed smoke wasn't that one of his big things. Oh, was yeah, that was Bill, I think. Man. Yeah, 
Who cares? I smoked, <laughs> like, I smoked but I never inhaled. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's worse than saying that you've never smoked, I think. I, I know. It definitely is. It definitely reads worse. It's like more confusing. <laughs> that just means you're a narc. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking narc. Yeah. Go to hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Andy comes upstairs and he overhears uh, Phil and Joanne talking about how Basically talking about how he's like too much to handle, and Phil, <laughs> Phil is like from the get go like we got to get rid of this fucking kid. Uh, yeah. And Andy hears that and he feels bad. He grabs the uh, the Chucky doll who he thinks is Tommy, and he goes down in the basement, and um, that pr- that kind of calms uh, the f- the old foster parents for a little bit. Um, uh huh. So we get this cool uh, shot in the backyard um, where I believe uh, Kyle is doing some gardening, Andy is swinging, and then on a little uh, stump or something, Chucky is sitting way off in the background. Um, I don't know. I just really like that shot. It's like very interesting because uh, there's like three separate things going on, uh, and it's like very it's like a stagnant shot but it's so just the very fact that in that tiny little sliver chucky is sitting there just makes it kind of a little terrifying yeah it's 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 awesome it was was like a a a cool cinematic flex i thought like there because she's swinging over the grave of tommy right Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even uh, didn't pick up on that right away, but yeah, we find out that that is she's above the grave of Tommy, um, right? Which is which is like above, uh, just it's like a, a nice little like uh, tension building foreshadowing. You know, something's probably not going to happen in that moment, but it's it's really just hammering home. Here's what the stakes are. Here's what the plot is. Here's what everyone's doing, and it's and it does right. it visually, which I like because there's a lot of exposition and. In these films, sometimes when there doesn't always need to be, and this is a great opportunity. This is a great example of them not using words to communicate some cool ideas. Exactly, and the audience gets to know something that the uh, the characters don't, which is that Chucky is alive and he's going to try and kill them. Um, right. So at night, Chucky pops into Andy's room and ties him up with, I think, jump ropes again. Uh, yes, he loves tying up with jump <laughs> ropes. That's kind of his thing. And uh, so Kyle enters. Um, basically, Chucky like stops being sentient right mm. afterwards. I it, it's a little weird to me how Kyle like Kyle didn't even really think about how like Andy would have gotten this way in the first place. Cause all of his limbs are tied. I think. Yeah. Do you think she's kind of drunk? Oh uh, yeah. She might be. Yeah. Cause she was like sneaking out in the middle of the night. I suppose that makes sense that she might be a little, a little loopy. That's how I interpreted it is that she was just a little like, kind of like, you know, whatever, just a little drunk from, from her little night out with her gang. Right. And she, uh, Phil and uh, Joanne show up, and naturally they, they accuse Kyle of tying up Andy. Um, mm-hmm. So Phil throws Chucky in the basement. Um, Chucky discovers that his nose is bleeding, uh, and I guess this means that he is gradually turning human again. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So he realizes that if he does not possess Andy soon, he will be a doll forever. Uh, so that's kind of the the, the setup of uh, what kind of happens throughout the rest of the movie, I suppose. Yeah, uh, it's definitely the it's definitely the stakes for Chucky, which I I like. Sure. I like that, and I also like that. We'll get into it a little bit later, but I really like that we already know he's not trying to kill Andy. So like his goal is very clear. He's trying to kill everyone else. It doesn't matter, but Andy needs to stay alive because he's going to jump in his body. And I think when we get to the end, when that switches, it definitely that, that horror element really works for me where it's like, once he finds out that that's not possible anymore, the wheels come off Mm -hmm. and Chucky is about to go ham. On some Hell Andy. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the next day, uh, Andy is off to school. We see the bu- school bus drives off. We see little Chuckies hitching a ride on the bottom of the bus. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was yes. funny, honestly. <laughs> like it, his it, just kicking feet are insane. Yeah. yeah, his kicking feet are uh, are featured prominently in this film, and it's always hilarious. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, so we're in class, and a bully uh, flicks Andy's ear, uh, and Andy <laughs> Andy says, "Get lost, microchip," uh, <laughs> which I thought was a great, <laughs> a great comeback. Um, what a comeback! But I thought this was a good little moment to kind of build a little bit more sympathy for Andy because um, everyone thinks he's crazy, even like the his teacher and like the kids at his like classmates and shit. Um, so the teacher, uh, is looking through the, I guess, homework that everyone turned in and on Andy's, um, it just reads in big, bold letters in all caps. Fuck you, bitch. Yes. Oh yes. I have that written down. So Andy, uh, so the teacher freaks out and, and gives Andy detention. Um, so when we're in detention, Andy sneaks out, uh, and Chucky basically, I does. So the teacher, Miss Kettlewell, is her name. Mm-hmm. She goes into a closet to look for Andy. Is that what was happening? Well, no. She didn't. She hide the doll in there. Is that right? Okay. Or she put. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I think she... So she's in a, a, a closet of a classroom at some point, like a supply closet. And... Uh, is is it that, like... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Is it Andy that's hiding Chucky and she just can't find him so she goes into the closet? Or at some point, Chucky is asking Andy to let him out. Remember? Okay. Yeah. He's like, come on, it's dark in here, Andy. Let me okay. Um. Yeah, I think that's why, like, Andy runs away or whatever. But basically, um, Chucky, like, stabs this teacher with a with a pump. It's like a bike pump or something. Uh, like an air, right? Was that, it was like an air pump. Yeah, it was an, it was an air pump weird. for, like, a basketball or something. Yeah. yeah. He, Chucky can only use uh, uh, toys <laughs> at this point in the film. Yeah. Um. So we get this shot that I think is the, this is my favorite shot in the film. It's kind of like 
a low angle uh, looking up shot of Chucky walking toward the teacher uh, who is like already like almost dead and he's carrying this yardstick. Do you remember that shot? (laughs) Oh yeah. It's, it's, I feel like this is like not a famous shot, but it should be. It should should be an iconic moment. (laughs) Definitely in the Chucky universe. It's a, it's a famous shot. Um, So nobody believes Andy about uh, anything again. And at this point, Phil is, uh, Phil's pretty much had it. Phil's, uh, Phil's over it. Um, so that night, uh, Andy sneaks into the basement and he's finally going to destroy Chucky. Now, what he's going to destroy Chucky with is an item that I had to, uh, (laughs) look up because I didn't know that this existed. I don't know if this is like a nineties thing, but he grabbed what I thought at first was like a miniature chainsaw from the kitchen Right. Um, but it is apparently a uh, an electric knife, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen one of these before? I have actually. Yeah, I knew what this was. It, it, it but I don't. I I think it's used for cutting turkeys. Okay. I think you use it a lot during Thanksgiving. An electric knife. I yeah, because you're like trying to. You're trying to like I guess uh, uh, get through really tough meats. Uh, without getting your hands all mess messy, I see. Yeah, but I I did know what it was, but it 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 was definitely like oh I haven't seen that in many years. Yeah. Um. So I thought that this was like for foster parents of kids who one of which <laughs> has like presumably murdered people, uh, which is what they think. Very irresponsible to leave an electric knife just like sitting there on the counter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Andy's down in the basement trying to kill Chucky. Uh, Chucky kind of like gets away. Phil comes down to investigate. And Chucky trips Phil. And he's kind of like dangling uh, off the stairwell or something. And he breaks his neck. Um, right. But before he breaks his neck, Chucky, we get this great line from Chucky where he says, How's it hanging, Phil? Yes, uh, and it, it I, that's a that moment really works for. Me. It's I delivered really well. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was funny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> um, this this brought to mind. I love uh, when people see Chucky being sentient right before they die. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's like so funny. Can you imagine like the last thing that you ever see is like a doll and just like totally like, <laughs> talking all lifelike and stuff. And you also kind of realize in that moment that like, y- like you were an idiot to right. your uh, foster son. Yeah. It, it works on a couple of different. Yeah. So Joanne finds, uh, finds Phil dead, uh, and pretty much jumps to the c- conclusion that it was Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Andy is sent back to foster care. Um, we eventually wind up at uh, Kyle swinging and smoking a cigarette on the uh, the swing in the backyard, and she. God, I love Kyle. Kyle's great, and she finds she finds Tommy buried in the garden, and this kind of uh, connects the dots. This is kind of similar to that moment in the first Child's Play where. Uh, the mom discovers that there's no batteries in the Chucky doll, um, where it kind of like connects 
the dots in the character's head and like makes them realize that Andy is telling the truth. Oh um, yeah. So let's see. Chucky ambushes Kyle and forces her to drive him to the foster center so he can kill Andy. Um, a lot of car scenes in this. Yeah. Uh, okay. So are we at the part now where Chucky is just openly talking to Kyle? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, because there's there is a uh, a moment here that's probably like my it's, this is my favorite part of the film, where uh, Chucky has just got the better of Kyle, and then he calls her, <laughs> then he calls her a bitch, and then there is a hard cut to them just in the car driving to the next destination, <laughs> and I know it. I don't. I can't tell if it was like edited to play for laughs but right. it's very funny to see like this the high stakes of this insane uh uh um like wrestling they're like wrestling for her she's wrestling for her life she's trying to like she's uh rams chucky into a mirror uh he finally like gets the knife on her we realize that she's not gonna like she's not gonna win this one and then boom hard cut to they're just in the car and they're just kind of <laughs> having a polite conversation <laughs> he's like step on it i want to get there <laughs> it's like it's it, it it's so funny it's so funny to go from that to just now the reality of this is you just have to drive me to the next location <laughs> yeah it's pretty bonkers um yeah. <laughs> So we're at the foster center and Chucky, uh, in order to clear the building, um, pulled the fire alarm. Um, so Grace shows up and she's like, what's going on here? Uh, and Chucky stabs Grace to death and we get this crazy like copy machine death, uh, which I loved. Yeah. I did too. That was great because like she flies into the copy machine, and then you just see that one copy get made of her face, which was making a face that's kind of like, like confused. She has a confused look yeah. on her on her copy edited face, and then just a dead body like right up next to it. Yeah, it's and I like that death too because as a horror fan, uh, not to sound like a weirdo, but it was like okay, this is like a gruesome death. Like this is like this is a stabbing, you know, like which we hadn't seen yet. I don't think. We saw Jesus. like a <laughs> what a weirdo! <laughs> wow, wow, what a weird opinion. I'm just saying, like you know, we got we had <laughs> no, like a, a guy fall on his head. <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy get like basically suffocated in a bag, uh, which are both fine. But y- you want yeah. those? You want those knife kills, baby? Yeah, I will say we there are only I think six kills in this movie, and all of them are crazy. Uh, right, and in the first. The first film, what is there, like three? Three kills? There's not that many. Yeah, there's like maybe three, yeah. Because there's yeah. the the friend. There is... Um... There's the oh, friend. Fuck. There's the, the voodoo guy. Yeah. Um, and then another cop. Oh, yeah, later. and then the other, the other, like, the guy that shows up in the third act. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, so now Chucky basically has Andy, um, and he he forces him. He he takes him to the Playpal's toy factory for the soul transfer. Um, I don't. I I didn't pick up on like why they had to go there necessarily, but I like that they wind up back at the factory. 
You don't know. You don't know why. Is that what you're saying? No. Did Did you pick up on that? I didn't. I, I at this point in the film, it was really strange. I feel like we missed something. We had to have because I don't know why. Yeah, I don't what know. What was they, the reason to end up right back where? Um, I, maybe Chuck doesn't. Does Chucky take Andy there? Is that like? Yeah, Chucky takes Andy there. Uh, part of it. Yeah, I, or he forces Andy to take him to the plate belts factory um is that perhaps where it happened no because it happened in a toy store like he became chucky in a toy store i don't know why he had to go back to the factory i i don't think it was necessarily explained although if it was uh you can always tweet us at uh at chucky <laughs> <Yeah>. 420 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, so Kyle chases them to the factory, uh, and Chucky knocks Andy unconscious. He starts to perform the old uh, Haitian voodoo ritual that we mm-hmm. know so well, and uh, he's trying to transfer his soul into uh, Andy's body. Lightning strikes. We get a nice little storm cloud. I like that shot. Um, yeah, it's cool. It does, and it also doesn't look as dated as you might think. Exactly. Yeah. I think it looks great. I think it looks great yeah. for any like today's standards even. Yeah, I'm always um, impressed with like effects like that that hold up over time. Yeah. Um and so after the chant, Chucky's nose bleeds and he realizes that he spent too much time within the doll's body. Uh so now he he is basically permanently trapped inside of the good guy doll. Yeah. Um, so now he's just pissed and just like out for blood. So he just goes after Andy and Kyle to try and kill them. Um, yeah. And, and and that's the turn I was kind of talking about earlier. It's like, okay, now all bets are off. It's time for a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. It rules. Yeah. It's fucking great. Like, yeah. uh, he has like no motivation o- anymore other than he's just pissed off. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And we're, we're wandering through this. I love going through this, like, toy factory and just seeing all the good guy dolls in their boxes. And then we wind up, uh, in like the actual factory part where we're seeing like the conveyor belts and like the naked, uh, good guy dolls getting like put together. And, uh, we get this, um, what I thought was a really fun suspenseful scene of Andy and Kyle, uh, climbing up this like conveyor thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Chucky is kind of at the bottom of it. And the whole time I was kind of like rooting for Andy to slide down it just to see what that would look like. Cause yeah, the way that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, and that happens and it's, it's very satisfying, but Andy yeah. gets away. Um, Kyle slams a gate on Chucky's hand, uh, which <laughs> severs it. And we get, uh, just an insane amount of blood. Like, yeah, so much blood. And we get this line from Chucky where he's like, I hate kids. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it's gross. Like when his hand gets severed, it's gross. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. And he uh, chooses to replace his hand with a knife, which I think is pretty fucking awesome. Oh, dude. Like, I mean, at this point, you could basically just say like, uh, you could just say like, yeah, just every decision that gets made from here on, I'm a huge fan. 
It's, I love it's like, the third it, act. It's of this. so wild. Yeah, it's it's got the best third act of the I think of the two movies we've seen so far. It may not be better than Child's Play one, but it God that third act is it's great. And uh, yeah. we get we get one more awesome kill from some like factory technician, um, where Chucky basically like. Um, he he winds up on like a conveyor belt and and the uh, the machine that like puts the eyes in the good guy dolls yes like slams <laughs> into his head right into his eye sockets which is like so cartoonish but also just like fucking awesome and and yeah. I loved it um so uh what happens so the That's machine That's such a that is that is so crazy that is such a crazy uh, death in this movie. It's like, it's almost unrelated to Chucky. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like a, something that happens while this other stuff is going on. Right. If you were trying to orchestrate that death, like the timing that you would have to like, it would have to be like so precise. Yes, the exactly. The timing of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so Chucky gets stuck on this like conveyor belt and, uh, a machine basically starts to like mutilate Chucky. So it's like attaching limbs to him. Um, right. and, uh, Chucky has to like cut off his own waist basically. Uh, yeah. Which we find out kind of later. Cause I think there's a fake out. We think he might have died. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, this actually brought up a question for me that I had to look up was because Chucky is like screaming while this is happening, and I was like, "Right." Um, we talked about like the bleeding thing in the last episode, but I was wondering, can Chucky feel pain? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. So he can. So I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he can, but I looked it up on there's like a Chucky wiki, of course, and. Uh, mm-hmm. He so he can bleed real blood and he can feel pain. So those are his two yeah. like faults, basically. I would have assumed that just because at this point he's like. Also, it it is kind of a cool plot reason they give for like, oh yeah, and now he's also human, thus he can bleed and probably at that point feel a lot more pain than he could before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, if that's the case, I'm I'm loving it. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's baby. McDonald's. Um, Chucky tries to stab Andy, but his, uh, knife hand gets stuck in a radiator. Oh, uh, um, yes. I forgot about that. Uh, Andy pours, uh, molten plastic all over Chucky, uh, and then saves Kyle by pushing her off the conveyor belt. So mm-hmm. Chucky in these movies, just in, at, at the end of the movies, always gets so fucked up. Like yeah. in the first movie, he's, he's like charred in a fire and then, uh, someone shoots a gun at him and he's like dismembered in this movie. He's also dismembered and now he's covered in like molten. uh, What is it like molten plastic? It's essentially like, it it seems like it's working a lot like ass just burning off any discernible feature from Chucky. Yeah. It's pretty actually, it's pretty gross. And it actually made me really worried Kyle in this moment because at some point Chucky gets up, Yes. And he's and he's charging Kyle and she's pushing him like hand on burning hot lava face. Yeah. And I remember like thinking, oh, like it was just such a gross, worrisome. Like I was afraid she was getting like severely burned during this during this portion. Me too. I was worried for Kyle. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, man, what a day Kyle is having, by the way. <laughs> no kidding, right? I mean, she's going to have to go report back to her uh, her loser group of friends <laughs> who are, are busy owning the normies yeah. to uh, explain her Chucky incident. Yeah, after they get out of their Smashing Pumpkins concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Kyle shoves a high-pressure air hose into Chucky's mouth, and Chucky's is, head yeah. explodes. Um, yes. I was taking notes <laughs> during this, and I just, wrote, <laughs> I just wrote, Chucky's head blowing up is nuts and gross. That's the, your note? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh... I, I, it makes me excited for the for the next films because if they're just going to keep heightening the grotesque way that he dies, this I can't imagine getting more heightened than this. This is like a hat on a hat on a hat. Like he's already dismembered, then he gets burned with acid, and then he gets literally blown up, but like with pressure, with air pressure. <laughs> it's it's so wild. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it. it it's crazy. Um, so Andy and Kyle exit the factory and, uh, we get this last shot where Kyle says that they're going home and, uh, Andy says, where's home? And Kyle says, Andy, I have no idea. <laughs> yes. And so, then we get credits rolling over that and it's over that great, uh, it's which, by the way, it's a great shot. It's, uh, the good guys, a uh, big animatronic logo that kind of hovers over their, uh, I guess their warehouse or their factory. And it's them walking away sort yes. of in the distance out of focus. It's, yes. it's a really great shot. Yeah. I, I love the ending of this movie. I loved the entire third act. Um, so now that we've kind of gone through the plot, Jeremy, uh, why don't you go first? I kind of want to hear just like your overall, sort of opinion we did like the one to five ranking last episode so i guess we could maybe do that again um yeah, yeah. I, I i i i'm gonna give this five freckles out of uh five <laughs> five chucky <laughs> freckles out of five i think that this movie really worked for me and the more we talked about it the more i am actually gonna concede on something before i said it, which was like i'm i was i couldn't really tell the difference between the campiness in this movie and the first movie, it actually does function a little bit more like I'm going to compare it to a few movies here. So like Terminator one versus Terminator two or alien one versus aliens, uh, or, uh, I guess evil dead one versus evil dead two, where the first film is just a horror film. It's like basically just played for horror. And like Chucky is a lot, has a lot less of a personality it's also in all of these cases, the budgets were way lower on those first films. Um, but then in the second film, we get way more of a personality out of everything and we get way more, uh, cool set design and cool scene locations. And it really just feels like the franchise levels up, right? So evil dead two, there's like way more like there's like way more like people in costumes and, uh, buckets of gore and goo and all kinds of stuff. In Terminator 2, it's like there's way more stuff going on um, with just like the budget and plot of that of that film. And in Aliens, you know, it's more of an action film than it is a uh, a, a straightaway horror film. And I think that's true for Ch Child's Play 1 and 2. Like Child's Play 1, 
is basically a, a straight up horror film. And I think, you know, even rewatching Child's Play One, I remember being scared, at least at one part in the film. I think it's when he's like sort of stalking um, the friend, the mom's friend in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Child's Play 2, you know, it, it wasn't as scary as the first film and doesn't have as many of like the the ho- the straight up uh, horror tension of, of the of the uh, of the first film. But it levels up in almost every other direction. So like everything looks better. The cinematography is better. It's like a, it's uh, the the plot is, is going in, in interesting in new places and uh and yeah, that third act is just a testament to like having a bigger budget and having more more toys to play with, so to speak. So I, I like it. It's 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 almost like the Chucky movie that it feels like they wanted to make in Child's Play One. They finally got to do in Child's Play Two. It's like a lot of a lot of recycled ideas or ideas just like taken up a, a notch, as opposed to, I mean, we'll see with Child's Play Three. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling we're gonna get a lot different stuff in that film like i don't think we're going to go back to a toy store or a toy factory i don't you know what i mean i don't think our last act is going to be surrounded by other chucky dolls necessarily i mean we'll see maybe it is but i think i think this film really does feel a fully realized version of that first film great yeah i uh yeah i appreciate that i think i i think you're like spot on in your assessment for the most part um uh i i this movie worked for me too uh i did have like a little bit of a problem with uh a couple of things um i would i would give this movie um maybe like a four out of five or like a three and a half um yeah four freckles out of five yeah four freckles um, can you have a half of a freckle? Cause I might do three and a half to be honest. <laughs> three and a half. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, so I, I love that we're in this, this good guys factory. Um, I mentioned that I think the way that this movie looks in terms of the cinematography and the effects, which there are tons of, I think it, I, I think it's looks amazing. Um, yeah. And it like harkens back to a time in cinema that I just miss so much. Um, sure. I, there were some things that I didn't love about it. Um, I think that the, the, di- the dynamic, I love the dynamic with Kyle and uh, Andy. Um, uh-huh. I think they're like a great duo. Um the dynamic with like the foster parents and the kids like didn't, it, it, it was like, it was weird to me. It was cause it was like the, the foster parents, like Joanne and Phil, like especially Phil, like didn't want them there at all, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I- it, it just made for this kind of like bizarre sort of dynamic for me where I, I get what they were trying to do, but it, it in no way like led me to like building any sort of uh, like emotional connection to like those two characters, the uh, the foster parents. Um, the uh, I, I also this is like very small, but like the house that they were in was weird to me. 
<laughs> yeah. The, like yeah. it seemed like an old lady house or something, like an old, like, like your grandparents' house or something where there's all these like old photographs on the walls and like this dusty basement and stuff. And it seemed like too big for the four of them. It just seemed yes. like that whole, the whole foster element of it, I appreciate. And I think that it's great for the plot and the sequel uh, of the child's play movie, but just like the execution of it was a little weird to me. Um, that's a little nitpicky, but I would say my, my main uh, problem with the movie is pacing. I think that we talked about a little bit in child's play one about how um, basically they had shown a test audience, this like two hour cut, of the movie <laughs> and they wound up having to cut about an, uh, uh, about a half hour out of the movie and Kirshner uh, advocated to take the sort of like jaws approach where you don't show the monster like quite so much. And that's how you right. kind of like build the suspense of it. Like, right. Like this is what I was talking about with Chucky uh, in the beginning of um in the beginning of child's play one is he's like, he's a doll and then he kind of transitions into being, uh, more human like. And that's, that was like that, that worked for me. Cause I was actually like it, 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 suspense wise. It, it just, I don't know. It made more sense to me. Whereas at the beginning of this movie in act one, we're already seeing Chucky make a phone call and like <laughs> hold a, a squirt gun up to a guy's head and we're seeing his yes. mouth like fully moving uh, and talking like a, like a normal guy, um, which I think is fine, but it's it's like too, it was just like too early to me so, for me. So it was just a, a little bit like it didn't escalate the way that I wished it would have quite so much. Um that being said, I love the plot of this movie. I think like the very idea of it is spot on and like the perfect idea for a sequel for this movie franchise, uh, mm -hmm. the first sequel. Um, and I think it's really fun. And I do think that uh, I like the decision to go a little bit more campy and funny with it. But yeah, I just mainly like pacing wise. I was like, I'm we're uh, 15 minutes in the into the film and Chucky's already running around like murdering other dolls and stuff and it it, it was just a little uh, a little crazy. I uh, I totally agree with you about the uh, foster parent. <laughs> yeah, you know that was tough. That actually was tough. Yeah, for me to like sort of get behind. It was like. What are, what is their motivation? Like, why do they want these kids? Why are they doing this? Like, it seemed like they hated those kids, right? Uh, and they punished them. Like, there's like a lot of weird stuff with that. Like, they punished them too severely, and part of that could have just been the '90s. Like, but the way they talked to them was like, I was like, dang, hey guys, this this isn't your kid yet, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> chill out. Yeah, uh, I I I think that they got a little bit in the weeds with the with just the idea of having foster parents and like what that means for the story and what they were going to have to, they, they ended up having to do a lot more work than they should have with those foster parents. Yeah. They honestly, they in just like typical Terminator two fashion, they could have kept the mom from the first film and had way less 
like work to do. Right. Um, yeah. Like there's a, there's a scene in Terminator two where like they break Sarah Connor out of prison or no, I'm sorry, out of an insane asylum. Cause she's in an insane asylum also. Um, and I'm not saying they like Chucky has to break her out or they could have broken her out, but like, I'm, you know, maybe they don't put her in an insane asylum. Like that was their choice. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, I liked it. I mean, I, I like the movie a lot. Um, I think it's a good sequel. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of those that, that, that's just, this is the very first sequel for, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of my thing is like, like I, that the level of sentience that Chucky has in act one of this sequel is Mm -hmm. like, is fine for me in like a seed of Chucky or like a, uh, even on a child's play three or something, it's just it was a little like it was a little much right off the bat for me in this like very first sequel. Um, yeah, but you know, like I said, I think Act Three was like fucking beautiful. I loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, it's so fun. So, would you say uh, which of the two films that we watched so far is your favorite? I mean, that's so hard, right? Because I think if the first films third act was a little bit better i don't know i mean you're and you're also kind of winning me over with the pacing issue that the the second film has which i kind of agree like a lot of the steam from chucky is taken out in this second film pretty quick mm-hmm. uh because we just see him immediately what whereas like the first film does have that really quiet jaws aspect to it i think the first film is still my favorite but i would definitely like recommend watching these back to back and kind of if you're it depends like if you're if you're in party mode like you got a bunch of buddies over drinking i would say throw on the second film right like instead of the first one the first one's a a much better film to sit alone with i think i think you're right about that this is definitely more more of a party film (laughs) yeah Um, for sure i i like i like child's play one more than i like child's play two but i i like child's play two also um, yeah, me, yeah. I, th- I yeah. I, I think that's where I sit too. So, uh, Jeremy, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Child's Play three, which is uh, oh yeah, I think it's ninety one. I believe. Let me double check. It that. is. It's it's the yeah. next year. It's the next year, <laughs> Child's Play one. Uh, get ready for it. Well, so, uh, I I, uh, I will say you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. Um, oh yeah, follow uh follow follow the show on Twitter at Chucky Rules 420. Um follow yeah. me at Kepilepsy, which is the word epilepsy with a K in fl- front of it. Uh made that username in 2009, so please don't fault me for it. And Jeremy, <laughs> just one more thing I have to say to you. Uh-huh. This is the end, friend. 